0: Episode 210 for January 2013. The Spider Man Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example on this episode is on Superior Spider-Man number six. And this one Spock goes up against the jester and screwball who are punking heroes on the internet. Yeah, I'm sure Ock is gonna love that. The cover price, three dollars and ninety-nine cents. MailOrder has it for just two dollars and forty-seven cents which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, Crawl Spacers. It's just me and Kev for this portion of the show. We've uh, wrapped up the regular recording of the uh, Crawl Spacers. And Kevin, unfortunately, had to work, so I got him a couple days later. And we're going to do Spider Satellites. And i got to get your two cents on 700 and the 699.1. So for the next couple minutes, it's just me and Kev. Kevin, welcome, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on a special edition here. You know, I,
0: you you I like
1: that I got a job, but the fact that I had to do this was... <laughs> Really crappy, especially this episode, mixing it up with the guys on these two issues.
0: Several times during the recording on Sunday, we were like, "Damn it, we're talking Morbius. Where the hell is he?"
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here, let's do the reviews of six ninety nine point one and seven hundred real quick. We want to get your thoughts. So six ninety nine point one of amazing, pretty much was like a Morbius zero or one issue.
1: Yeah, um, it was also kind of like a Morbius reboot issue, sadly, because for all the uh, history they were doing, they got half of it wrong, and I'm still not sure if that was willful wrongness that we want to change things, or if it was just bad research, I think it was actually willful rebooting, uh, which for me made no sense because none of it really added to the story. Um, I, I wrote my longest review ever for the Crawl Space on this issue, so if you want some real detailed th- thoughts, you can go look at that. But and
0: general, the guys aren't as big a fan as, of Morbis as, as you are. What did they change? What, what did they specifically move? Uh, I
1: did a lot. Like I said, I did a lot of detailing in uh, the review, but off the top of my head, he did not have his sickness from the time he was a young boy. Uh, he discovered his illness after he won the Nobel Prize. That was sort of the tragic hook of it, that he was a Nobel Prize-winning biochemist, and then he got this rare blood disease that he couldn't cure. Um, I don't think they've ever mentioned Emil Nikos as a childhood friend of his, but I don't think they've ever mentioned that he necessarily wasn't, so I'm going to allow them that one. Um, they had Martine Martin... Uh, to the boat when he's all sick and gaunt looking and she knows exactly what's going on. she did not know what was going on. She was on the boat, but they were hiding from her what they were doing, uh, and he ended up leaving the boat, so he didn't uh you know kill her so uh there was just there was just a lot going on and the fact right, that they spend so much time on uh, that his mother was all protective of him because he was sick when he was a boy, and that is a complete retcon, was really, really annoying to me. Mm. And they, you know, we'll talk about this a little later when we get to the satellite. Okay. They carried that into the Morbius number one issue, so it seems like that's going to be an ongoing problem.
0: Right. So, what, what do you think your grade for 699.1 is? You know, I think I'm going to have to give it a D. Plus. Oh, that's <laughs> awful to hear a Morbius fans say that. I
1: know. It's awful <laughs> to say, honestly. I was really excited, but. Um... The story itself just—it's—it's it's badly placed in the run. I, I assume you guys talked about the fact that six ninety nine point one just broke up this big story for no reason. Right. Um,
0: there was a bit of debate if—if if, I mean six ninety nine and seven hundred had a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of uh, people uh, that will pick up this point one issue that normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I guess they feel a bit cheated if they don't enjoy the story. Yeah, like I get the marketing idea of.
1: We're ending it that way to try to get people to pick it up, but I almost feel like it might backfire in people feeling burned and saying, screw this. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the numbers, I don't know, but it seems like they were kind of taking a crapshoot with that. And the Mm -hmm. only reason I'm going to give it even the plus on the D is the art. I I enjoyed the art for the most part, but it just wasn't enough to save it that much.
0: Right. All right, is that all for 699.1 you got? Yeah, Yeah, that's all I'm...
1: I really feel like I need to add here. Like I said, I've got that huge review on the website, so feel free to look at that, guys. But that's 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 all I feel like I need to
0: add as a Morbius historian to this podcast. (laughs) And seven hundred dividing a lot of fans. What do you think? You like it or you don't like it? I'm
1: gonna say I enjoyed it. Uh, Awesome. The thing is, the thing is, for me, uh, they advertise it in a way that they definitely want you to think this is final. That Peter Parker is dead, this is the new world order, and this is how it's going to be. And if I judged it like that, I would say this is a terrible, terrible ending uh, for Peter Parker, and I would give it a much lower grade. But the fact is, I've read comics before, so I don't (laughs) – and if I'm just judging this as a story, uh, it was actually a fairly entertaining story. And I think it's got a lot of interesting potential for this Doc Ox Spider-Man. And I think in general, as long as they don't do a mind wipe or something, Dr. Octopus could very well come out of this story a much more interesting character.
0: Uh, That's something I said. He hasn't been this interesting in 10 to 15 years.
1: Yeah. Uh, so on the whole, I mean, I'd probably give this, uh, at least the lead story, a solid B. And it was... Some of I think Humberto Ramos' strongest work. I felt like I think I said recently, and uh, some stuff he was doing that it seemed like it was a little bit weaker. But I cannot say that for this one. I think he really, uh, really put his all into the art on the story, and I, I thought it, I thought it was really quite good. And I'm actually looking forward to Superior Spider-Man. I think it should be a fun read if it keeps going like this.
0: And did you drop a thousand dollars for the uh, Ditko variant to get?
1: Oh yeah, that's why I was. Uh, <laughs> I've got
0: a huge bill now. No, God. No doubt. <laughs> so so the main story a B is what you said. Yeah. Here's where we we disagree. Yeah. The JMD Mateus story. <laughs> I loved it, you not so much. It's something that I hate to even say it because I love yeah. JMD
1: so much. I have so much respect for him as a writer. I feel like I've learned so much from him and I've enjoyed so many of his stories, but I just did not see the point of this particular backup story. There was, there's no continuity in the world that fits into, and even if it did, if you're going to say that this guy really is Peter Parker, which was confusingly ambiguous for half of the story anyway, if you're going to say that it is Peter Parker, that is the worst, most depressing ending I can imagine giving that character, and I don't understand why anyone would want to do that. Well, yeah, this story, I was going through these mash-up villain things, like, why are we doing this? And the whole time I was thinking, is this really supposed to be Peter Parker? Because that's crap, and if it's not Peter Parker, who the hell is it? So I just really, really, really
0: did not like that story at all. The, the, thing, the thing that I liked about it was the different hook of it, where the narrator doesn't have that good a memory. And the narrator is old and confused and i've ne- i don't think i've seen a story told like that
1: yeah i know i have um it would be hard for me to to put a finger on it precisely i mean it kind of reminds me of the whole you know joker being a saying he's an unreliable narrator when he told his origin story and uh mm-hmm. Wow, what the hell is that story called? Uh, See, <laughs> so, so you even have a, a, a memory that's not the greatest with the. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about.
0: It's all right. <laughs> what well, was new for me as a reader? I hadn't had a narrator that was confused.
1: Yeah, like I say I, I've seen that before. I couldn't put my finger on it, so you're you're welcome to not believe me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> where's Bertoni when we need him? I just did support the story. I thought. Yeah,
0: and and the Black Cat story? I was
1: fine with it. I mean, it was kind of innocuous, a little fun, um, sort of like it, it seemed like if you wanted a kid to read some Spider-Man, if you were hoping some kids might pick up number 700, that would be a fun little backup for them. So and it didn't really set the world on fire, but I'm not going to complain about it. I'd probably – i I'd, I'd have a hard time grading that one because, like I say, I think it's a little bit before the kids, and it was fine on that level, but I don't really want to give it the same B that I give the main story. <laughs> Right.
0: Uh, excited for Superior Spider-Man? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, as long as,
1: yeah. uh, as long as they keep up this kind of storytelling. And frankly, I'm more excited for uh, the Chris Yost-written Avenging Spider-Man starring the Superior Spider-Man. I think that's going to be
0: yeah, well That Superior issue is really good uh, with the uh, day one of Doc Ock and the Body, I guess is what we could call it. Uh, Something that – some news that just got released I put on the front page that we did not know about when we recorded the show. Evidently, the Avengers are firing the superior Spider-Man. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, Who's shocked?
0: <laughs> I thought it'd last a little bit longer. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. I mean, it, it, did it
1: say what issue – or it said continued in April, right?
0: Right, yeah. So I'm
1: not sure what issue that is, but, I mean, that's around the time – um, Superior Spider-Man's Age of Ultron tie-in is coming out, isn't it? So he's yep. evolved into the universe somehow.
0: Here's here's a theory, because you know, as as Brian Michael Bendis when he left the Avengers stories, he kind of put it back to the default. You know, he he made Wonder Man not so evil. He brought Jan the Wasp back, etc. Mm-hmm. Could this be a sign of slot wrapping it up? with putting the default of Peter Parker as a photographer and not having his dream world of a scientist job, etc.? I suppose th- it could, but I think um, I think his story
1: is probably going to end more in Peter Parker having to fight to get his life back when he comes back. I'd I'd be surprised if it was just everything gets ruined and it stays that way. That wouldn't be terribly great storytelling.
0: And slot goes. I'm out. <laughs> here, you, here you go, next guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be happy about that. But um, I'm wondering what it is that makes the Avengers fire him, but not question who he is.
0: It said Big Toe in his costume. <laughs> That's just funky. <laughs> I like Big Toe. Come on. All right. Alright, we've got a ton we didn't want to miss the Spider Satellites because so many books were reviewed or, or were released that we need to talk about. And uh I've gotten a lot of feedback. People love the Spider Satellites titles uh that you talk about. I had Spider Dad on the message board. Uh love that you review an ultimate Spider Man, so the segment is well received, I thought. Glad to hear that.
1: Um Yeah. And yeah, last month, uh, every month since I've started this, we've consistently had six issues released of the satellites, even though there have been four titles. And this last month, there were six, but I'm also including the three issues that came out on January 2nd, which is about a week ago now that we're recording. Uh, so we're going to have nine titles total to talk about.
0: All right, let's start from the top and work our way down, just like we used to do when we were single. Wait a minute, you are single, so you're still doing that. Go ahead. <laughs> So we're gonna start in the dark. You didn't even laugh at that. <laughs> um,
1: of Avenging Spider-Man number,
0: <laughs> he's moving on. Go ahead, Avenging Spider-Man what? Number fifteen.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: and holy shit! Spider-Man,
1: <laughs> away! Devil dinosaur, save the savage land from Brainchild and Demon Dinosaur. I shit, yep. not, that's the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Is null. I've decided that I am so very, very, very far from the target audience of this book, which I'm pretty sure is 12-year-olds, I just don't feel like I can really adequately grade it. I found nothing to like in the book, and basically just wanted to get through it as quickly as I could, but in reality, a kid that digs dinosaur fights and isn't too picky about plots could really love the issue, so... Take that for what it's worth. I really don't feel like I can grade it um, because, like I say, I thought it was just awful, but if it is aimed at 12-year-olds, it probably got its job done.
0: Can 12-year-olds afford a $4 book? Well, maybe their parents can. <laughs> okay. Uh, the artwork the I thought was the, o- the best redeeming quality of the book.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't enough to save it from that plot.
0: Spider-Man, I, I think, just works better in the city. In space and in the prehistoric Earth, not so much. <laughs>
1: we this in the context of that I am a reader that has always hated the Savage Land. I have never read Savage Land story I liked to this day. Yeah. The very setting of that was destined to make me hate it.
0: There's a couple things you hate in life or in comics. Savage Land and New Mutants, I found out. You hate both of those really with a passion.
1: Uh, I definitely hate the New Mutants when they cross over
0: with my journey into mystery. I'll tell you that So we got another issue of Superior that came out. Um, There is no Superior book yet, Brad. We're still in the... the Oh, I'm sorry, Avenging. I'm getting my adjectives confused. Uh, So sorry.
1: release on these things, personally, Uh, that's how I usually do it. So we're gonna
0: fifteen. Oh, okay. Uh, Go
1: ahead. First off, after Avenging number fifteen, we had Scarlet Spider number twelve. Oh yeah. Now we're getting to the good stuff.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That was my favorite of the lot this month. God,
1: yes. Although 12.1 gives it a run for its money, too. Yeah, dude. Kane is about to go to Mexico after that whole carnage mess, but his friend Annabelle is kidnapped by some thieves dressed as Santas. Die hard, if you please.
0: Which yippee-ki-yay! They're
1: <laughs> <laughs> putting out some Santas. Can I get a hell yeah?
0: Oh, ho, hell yeah!
1: <laughs> Great for this one, a plus. A+. This is, you know, it's an incredibly fun issue. It had everything I want in a Scarlet Spider comic. Basically, hit that some bitch out of the park. There, there's nothing I could have enjoyed more than Scarlet Spider number twelve. Uh, it was great. You, I review Scarlet Spider on the main page, so you'll see some glowing praise on that. A five out of five. Um, the artwork was really good. I thought Riley Brown did a good job in this issue. Um, particularly, yeah, that spread page where panels behind a bigger image of Scarlet Spider leaping out of an elevator, and behind him you just see these panels of him beating up the Santas. Just great <laughs> superhero action artwork, and it was just a joy to read. And it was yeah. for, uh, for a December Christmas issue, you know?
0: I thought it was a nice little homage to Peter Parker can't hold his alcohol either. <laughs> I thought that was kind of clever. And, I mean, what what hero because it says on the cover, hero with none of the responsibility. And uh, what you wouldn't see a Peter Parker comic where he's sitting around for the whole issue drunk. <laughs> I mean, that was just a good opposite of our regular guy.
1: Yeah.
0: I loved it a lot, too. I, I would give it an A also.
1: So next, cool. It's actually Scarlet Spider number
0: 12.1. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in this one, King goes after a guy called The Mark, uh, who's a scumbag human trafficker with an ability to make a mark like the Mark of Cain and good lord we get another a plus out of this one
3: <laughs> yeah uh
1: it's it's the complete opposite tone uh the artwork is by Marco Cicetto, and it's a lot darker but it was it really brought out the best of kane it was first and foremost it was a kane character examination the likes of which we haven't seen since jmd was writing lost years and redemption It really feels like a spiritual successor to those series. If you haven't read those and you're enjoying Scarlet Spider, you need to. And I can't think of a higher compliment than to call it a spiritual successor to those books. Those are pretty much the best of the Clone Saga.
0: The Mark of Cain was one of the was that I think that was one of the storylines
1: in the Clone Saga. Yeah,
0: there was a
1: storyline called the Mark of Cain, but it wasn't actually that good. Okay. <laughs> they
0: all blend together because every month was a big five-part story.
1: <laughs> there was a four-part story I think called the Trial of Peter Parker, but then like The Mark of Cain was a five-part story that seemed to have more to do with the Trial of Peter Parker and it it wasn't their highest point really.
0: And if memory he lost that power of the hand on the face, didn't he? After the um uh, the Craven birth? No, um he actually he still has that power. <laughs>
1: That story that we ran from number seven to number nine with the uh, the Rangers in Texas and that whole thing. Uh, at one point, he definitely put the mark of Cain on. Uh, nice. The bad guy.
0: Well, I know he has talons like the other. Yeah. Which is yeah. a power. I didn't. I didn't know he kept the mark of Cain though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's
1: it still seems a lot of people still seem confused about what his powers are. But from yeah. seeing, he definitely still has the mark of Cain. He definitely has the stingers. He definitely does not have a spider sense. He mentioned. He yeah. Nice to have a spider sense in that situation. Uh, but he does still have um, his suit that he got from Peter can still go invisible, which we saw in this issue.
0: And it and it uh, regenerates if it's damaged. The uh, the little girl put that uh, mask on and rege- fix – why doesn't Peter have a fixable costume? I mean, come on. Kane does.
1: Uh, you're built, so <laughs> I guess he should have incorporated those into some of his other costumes.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Wh- what else we got? We're two down, or how I many are we, three down?
1: Yeah, uh, we're three down. Okay. So next up we got Venom number 28, and this is where everything goes bad.
2: <laughs> Venom
1: goes to Philadelphia to try to save Katie Kiernan from the use foes, and stuff goes wrong. Oh. On this F.
0: <laughs> you do not like Cullen Vaughn at all. I'm sorry.
1: i say anything about him personally, and all I've read of his work is Venom... And Avenging Spider Man. I've really, really not liked either one of those. Maybe he's done better with other things. I've been told I think you said he did really good with what was it? Yeah, the,
0: America book? The 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 Fearless book and the Captain America team up book was really good. Maybe but I, I agree, something's missing with the Spider-Man stuff.
1: Yeah, everybody's he's doing with these books just doesn't jive with me, but it is not working for me. I mean, here got, I got cringeworthy dialogue. I got a totally lacking plot. It was just bad, 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 bad. Um, the art's pretty good, um, but believe it or not, that's what's saving this from an F-. minus.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, any pros from the book? Well, you said they are work. That's the only pro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm actually longing for bad Hellstorm characterization at this point, because that was better.
0: Well, he, he did an interview recently about Hellstorm, and he says he's, he's getting a lot of vocal complaints about uh, the characterization of him, and he's going to address it coming up. Okay, we'll see. All right. All right, what else we got after Venom? Um, we got
1: Ultimate Spider-Man number 18.
0: Ooh, that was a good one.
1: Thankfully, we're back to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles into a mind-controlled giant woman in the desert and
2: <laughs>
1: rescued by Spider-Woman. Yeah. Uh, the world sees Spider-Man save Captain America on the news, which is nice. Turns out Miles' dad killed those Hydra agents uh, from last issue that had liberated him from S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. Um, and he do- did it in front of witnesses in their apartments. Mm. That's what we know as of this issue. Great for this one is an A. I mean, as always, it's just really solid work from Bendis and Marquez. I mean, the team delivered an excellent tie-in to a crossover event that I really didn't care for at all, and they did it without derailing the book at all. So I couldn't be happy with the work they did here. I just, I mean, Divided We Fall, United We Stand made me drop Ultimates and Ultimate X-Men. This is the only one I'm still getting, and he actually really used that crossover that I did not like in his favor, and that is always a sign of some good talent.
0: Uh what's his name uh Kieran Gillen did quite well with Cross After Crossover After Crossover with Journey the Mystery. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's the so, only one that didn't really work was
1: um the new uh, the new mutants crossover but he also had a co-writer on that one so who knows. Right.
0: Uh, best scene of that issue was uh Knocks the hot girl, uh, hot giant girl down in the middle of a desert, or at wherever that is, and, and he's looking over a cleavage. I thought that was the funniest little panel.
1: My <laughs> like, God, I can't. No, don't look, don't look. Uh, my mom, don't
0: look. How can I not? <laughs>
1: yeah, great stuff. Uh-oh. No uh, doubt. Next up, we got Avenging Spider Man number 15.1. Yeah, real good one. Is where everything changes. Chris Yost takes over, and we're in the Superior Era.
0: So he's the he's going to be the ongoing writer of where he teams up characters etc. So I I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he says he's got some good plans for it, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um and this one Otto Octavius designs his new superior Spider-Man costume, uh but he's dissatisfied with the facilities of Horizon Labs, so he goes to break into one of his old labs. But since his body is now Peter Parker's, the lab attacks him, and an automated video message from Dr. Octopus addresses him. Um, fighting the same old battle, but from Spider-Man's side, Otto sees that it's he who is found wanting, not Peter Parker. I gave it an A. Yep. It a really well-done issue. Uh, it had great use of the new Superior Spider-Man concept. The art from Paco Medina is a career best by miles and miles. I mean, I've liked Paco Medina's artwork before, but this was just a gigantic step up for that guy, and bravo. I, I really thought this was a great introduction to the whole Superior era, and if it's anything like this, I'm going to be enjoying the read, no matter what else, no matter what anybody else thinks.
0: I love that panel where uh, Spock, if you will, is like, damn that woman, <laughs> where he's got ma- images of Mary Jane in his brain. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
1: uh, the dynamic there should be interesting with that, and the, um, yeah. what he thinks of Aunt May. <laughs>
0: oh, exactly. <laughs> what else we got, Sarah? Well, we got Morbius number one is what we got. Oh, I'm sorry. We are, for the first time
1: since I started this segment, we are adding a satellite. Yep. Satellite type and Apple five. Mm-hmm. Even though we've got nine issues. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, didn't care for this one much either, huh?
1: Sucked. Um, Yeah. Basically, he moves to Brownsville, he sticks his bat nose in where it doesn't belong, and he gets shot. That's pretty much the whole
0: By homeless people.
1: Yeah, I'm giving this one a C-. Uh, It's a big disappointment, mostly because it really didn't feel anything like Morbius. The voice is more like a 20-year-old hipster, and it it doesn't feel right at all. What's an
0: example of how Morbius talks?
1: Um, any issue that has Morbius in it that's not written by this guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Thor has a very uh, distinct language when he talks. Well, I, I'm not, not sure I know Morbius's voice. Here's the thing. I,
1: uh, I praised him in 699.1 because he didn't give him the stunted, all-too-formal foreigner dialogue. Um... But he went too far with it. He went past just, you know, make, writing him like a guy talking to writing him like this really flippant sort of young guy that's making all these jokes. And Morbius is, depending on the timeline you want to use, the guy's at least 30, 35, probably older. I mean, he's somebody that actually has a grounded date in the comics. He should actually be probably 60 to 65 by now, and that would mm-hmm. work for him being a vampire. He could be that, unlike other comic book characters aging. But I will accept that he is 30 to 35. He does not yeah. talk like that here. He does not talk like a scientist here. He does not talk like somebody who has lived this tortured life and even as Joe Keating says has tried... So hard to do good and it keeps backfiring. He does not talk like that guy. He talks like this young guy that's just kind of, oh, life sucks. Whatever.
0: So he he's a goth vampire, kind of?
1: In in what sense? And the the issue or in real life?
0: Well, I mean, is that what what they're kind of changing him to be? Kind of like, I mean, like the I'm I'm dark and I'm life sucks and stuff like that.
1: Feels like they're just trying to make him relatable to young people. And much as entire comics was just like trying to scream in your face, "Hey, I'm not Twilight." It
0: yeah,
1: it still felt like they were writing it to appeal to the younger sort of audience that would have read or seen Twilight. Yeah.
0: That's too bad. That's just too bad, and I and and I hope it gets better because I would like a monthly Morbius title, and I I know you would that you enjoy. Better
1: people continue to buy it because I would love Morbius to get a good run. Um, I don't wish anybody to lose their job or anything. I would like to see a different writer on it and see how that would do. Um, but you know, it's Joe Keating's just two issues in here, so. Maybe his plans are going to get better. Maybe it'll improve for me. But the fact that it just, it seems to, between that and all the retcons to his origin, he has such a fundamental misunderstanding of the character. That might not be able to be solved, and that's what really worries me. Mm.
0: That's that's too bad. All right, what else we got? We're almost done, I think.
1: Yeah, more. We got Ultimate Spider-Man number 19.
0: All right, another good one. So,
1: basically bouncing back and forth between good and bad this month.
2: <laughs>
1: That's good, but he has the formula, and his friend, whose name I just cannot pronounce, I don't know if it's Gonkey or Gonkey or what.
0: I, I think Gonky is the way I, I read it, so... It's
1: the name that I've ever run into in my life, so I
0: have Me neither. Never met a, a Gonky. <laughs> However, I have played Gonky Kong. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh,
1: Detective Maria Hill... Um, and it seems Ned Leeds was getting her set up with a book deal. If Bertoni's not reading this book, he had better
0: start. <laughs> yeah. He 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 read the uh, the death of Betty Brant issue and he rolled it up and smoked it at the end.
1: I was <laughs> uh, his dad because people saw him take out Hydra agents, and when his dad goes out to confront the reporters, a big honking venom shows up behind him. And when I say big honking, this is a big honker, folks. This venom, yeah, tower. I don't know who's in there, but it could be like three people.
0: <laughs> great. great, great. I'm glad to see Venom back.
1: I'm interested in what Bendis is going to do with him. Um, and it's
0: it's really nice.
1: Uh, this is one of those reasons that having an Ultimate Universe is cool, because mm-hmm. we have Venom being a hero, or at least an anti-hero in the main universe, we can have a story where Venom is an outright villain, and just, you know, have some fun with it and see where it goes. Um yeah nobody's surprised him giving this one an A It's consistently gotten A's from me, and it shows no signs of stopping. loving the new arc so far, I'm looking forward to see where it's going um I'm glad to see Venom back. It's interesting to see miles get a chance to fight uh a classic spider man villain so yeah i'm I'm all on board and looking for
0: I don't know if it was this issue or the previous one. I like how he's still learning the web sling because I would think that would take some effort yeah, it was the beginning of this issue so yeah, Peter Parker made this look so easy. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Good. One. All right. Let's have one more. What else? Wait, one more. Venom number twenty
1: nine. Oh no. Do <laughs> And Valkyrie comes to join in. Okay. D minus. Pretty much the same problems as the last issue. Um, this arc with the UFOs and everything is giving me flashbacks to Spider-Man Breakout.
0: Oh God! You hate that one.
1: Still the worst miniseries I've ever read.
2: <laughs>
1: Current site. I reviewed Spider Man Breakout back in the day. That was around the new it yeah. launch. I gave the arc as a total a negative one out of five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you went below the scale, yeah.
1: <laughs> and now with the UFOs back, and all of a sudden, just good God, have they gotten more evil for no real reason. Um. This is just not my story, man. I need something else. We need to have a change in here.
0: No. It's it's really getting me down. (laughs) Yeah, well, the UFOs are an 80s Hulk villain. (sighs) There's nothing to them. They're not being used. And the weird thing is, in Venom number 28, they
1: made a thing about how the UFOs had fought Venom recently. And as much as we have useless editor's notes in so many issues, this was one place where an editor's note would have helped. Because I had to look it up, I was like, when the hell did they fight the UFOs? And it turns out it was in that Secret Avengers arc where there was like a city of supervillains and they were there.
0: Oh, I, I barely remember that. So I, wow. I, I,
1: we're just oh, I don't know why.
0: Yeah, so instead of the UFOs, these are your mofos. <laughs> <laughs> What you what you kind of broke up? What
1: I said these sons of bitches can just get eaten by venom at the end of this. Nom
0: nom nom. (laughs) Uh, No D on that one. Overall, was it a good Spider Month? Overall, it's just so mixed. I mean,
1: look at the reviews I just did, and it was literally almost bouncing back and forth between good and bad. Let me count here. Yeah. One, two, three four bad ones, which leaves five good ones, so I guess... Half and half. Yeah, the good ones edged out the bad ones just by one.
0: Ah, there you go. Alright, sir, well, you will be back with a segment we're going to record with George, and uh, that'll be posted on the site soon. So let's go back to the regular show. (laughs) Okay, Tackling Message Board questions. Looney Dak from the Inner Time. This one is out to the group. What is your favorite Doc Ock story and why?
5: <laughs> the attack Anybody of the Octobot,
2: of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually I like the uh, Doc Ock story that Attack of the Octo- Octobot is based off of where Peter loses his memories and is convinced by Doc Ock that they are partners in crime. That's a pretty good one.
0: I like the. Uh, I think J- this is Jr's also favorite. Uh, the Matlow. We were just talking about it. The Matlow Spider-Man way he rips his arms off. in spectacular.
4: Mm-hmm. It's,
0: a, it's a really good
4: one. I actually really like the uh, JMS one because I, I like the way he wrote Doctor Octopus like referring to himself as, you know, if I don't get out of this trap, I don't earn the name Octavius, and he helps the people escape the burning building, but leaves Spider-Man in there because he's not an innocent person. I thought that was you really go awesome. On,
5: on a civilian. Or...
4: <laughs> Goodbye. My
5: favorite Doc Ock story is – I think it's issue 173 or 174 Spectacular, but it's Christmas, and Doc Ock is feeling lonely, so he goes to see Aunt May, and he, like, looks in the window, and he sees her happy with Nathan, and that was back when uh, Cousin Christie was living there, and I think the border, no, no, it wasn't Nathan. It was Willie Lumpkin. Nathan was dead. But basically, like Aunt May has this whole family, so he decides that the best gift he could give her is a Merry Christmas. But then Spider-Man like swings by and sees Aunt there, and he's like, "Ah, hell no!" and and they get them into them. a fight. And then Aunt May comes out, and like both of them like stop fighting, and Aunt walks away all sad. And Aunt May's like, "Why didn't dear Otto Octavius come
4: in?" I will mention real quick that like I like the issue, the leader media issue when. Peter's like outside the door. He has spider sense goes off. He breaks down the door and sees Dr. Octopus having tea with Aunt May. And he's like, oh, young Parker, you're all telling me that you like science. I dabble in science myself.
5: I like that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Quick trivia question. Whose house was that?
4: Uh, Anna Watson's.
5: Very good. Um,
3: uh, Zach, what's your favorite? My favorite is, and this is going to be a shocker to Don and Bertoni. Spider-Man Unlimited number three.
0: No, that's not a bad that's a DeFalco the for Ron Lim story, alright. No, 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 no,
3: no. That Fuel for an octopus is ass. Are you kidding me? Spider Man Spider Man Unlimited number three is where we get the actual origin story.
0: Yeah. Oh it Ron, run, th- yeah. Ron Lim and Tom DeFalco did that? Yes,
3: and uh he yeah. was trying to cure he was trying to find the cure for AIDS. Um uh, hmm. Yeah, that was a really good one. In the middle of Unlimited, which had nothing but turd after turd, <laughs>
4: particularly man. during
0: the
3: Clone Saga, they had a oh, they had a man. homeless epidemic. We we talked about homeless people earlier. That, <laughs> homeless people were all up and down that book. huh? Yes. Oh, like there was during the Clone Saga, there was like. There was like three ish, like three months in a row where a homeless person in one of the the core titles appears <laughs> in, and it's like the plight of the homeless. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, Spider-Man
0: on the I think street.
5: Spider-Man like yeah. says at one point, "Man, this homeless person's dirty," but like says, "But that's <laughs> no reason why he should die." <laughs> as if the as if the reader had to like know this.
3: And his name uh, and his name is oh, Rich ahead. Gannon, which is like the, the name of a quarterback that used to be the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. For oh my, <laughs> everyone knows qu- that. Yeah. Abu Aziz
0: location once semi brainwashed by Ak now dead and his severely damaged body is where he's living. Aww. Happy New Year's, folks! And here's a fun quote for you he puts it He puts the N in insane. Uh-huh. Who can name the issue this quote is from first? A hint: It's from last year. I guess is it from the podcast is this?
5: Maybe is this the, us the the the, oh, the okay. comics. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I what don't is know. He, to,
5: you got us boned. No.
0: Me? <laughs> <laughs> boned and screwed. Actually, he, he got us confused. Uh, JR, if Ox stayed the superior Spider-Man a whole decade, real world time, and Norman figures he's Ock in Peter's body, give us what you think could be the best plot with a situation like that.
6: Uh, well, you know, that's kind of interesting because the best plot for Doctor, for Doc Ock and Norman to go up against each other would not be a fist fight, although obviously that would be cool to see. But really, both of these guys think they're so damn smart, and it would be fi- And they both think that you know they both consider themselves to be great planners, you know. That it would just be uh, fun to see them, you know, have the uh, match wits with each other, uh, you know, setting up all these elaborate plans, and then the other keeps trying to screw it up, you know, like, uh, you know, Norman sets some big thing in 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 motion to destroy the world or whatever, and Ock finds himself in the position of having to save the world. And they just keep matching, you know, each other's in, in each other's contingency plans. That could written real well. That could be really good. Of course, written poorly, it could be dreadfully dull. But I, I think that's how they would best fight: would be a match of their intellects, not necessarily their, uh, you know, physical might.
0: Don, what if Bruce Wayne married Lois Lane and Clark Kent married Lana Lang? I
4: think it's should Josh answer that question. But uh, the- it'd be
0: Lois Wayne, and it'd be uh, Lana Kent. I
4: suppose Next question. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Don. Maybe Bruce Wayne living Metropolis. I'm not sure.
5: It would all be retconned by uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Or, or sure? actually, no. I, if it was pre-Crisis, it would be like... <laughs> have you seen like a pre-Crisis DC Comics wedding? Um, Mr. Mixus Piddle would show up. You know, the groom would be a robot, and the bride would be from the Phantom Zone, it turned out. And and everyone would have a good laugh about it at the end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don and Tony, this one's aimed at you too. What do you think would happen to Peter Parker's employment if Spider-Man's blindness was permanent, as in Peter Parker's spectacular Spider-Man number twenty-seven? That was we make right. a lot
4: of inappropriate That's blind jokes, like we did during classes whenever Daredevil showed up.
5: <laughs> well, it's not like he actually takes the pictures anyway, so he could still take them. But then, if, if Peter Parker's blind, they'd be like, "Wow, Peter, you know, you're a blind photographer. How are you to?" Actually, he could. Jonah would like have to buy him. It's like, wow, these angles are bad. Jonah, he's blind. If we don't buy his photos, he can like sue us, you know. The yeah. Americans Disability Act. Oh, good good job, Parker. Yeah, we'll run these on the front page. Wink.
4: The elevators that way. Oh, Still
5: a nerd. No.
0: Still a nerd from Washington State. Uh greetings and happy new year. And particularly the salute the master procrastinator – oh, no, prognosticator, not procrastinator, Crazy Chris.
2: Thank you. I think,
0: I think he wants one of those Chris was right t-shirts. Well, me
2: and Still a and I have been uh, debating this quite extensively on the message board over the next – or the, over the past couple of months. And he was always really against this idea and um, was skeptical that my theory was true up until pretty much the very end.
4: You sure showed him – to quote I
2: showed Toby them Keith, all.
0: <laughs> to quote Toby Keith, how do you like me now? Uh, A <laughs> uh, question uh, for all of you. In an interview with the Life of Riley website, is that still up?
4: Oh, Are they no. updating uh, that?
0: Not as far as I know, no. But Okay. In an interview with the Life of Riley website, former Marvel editor Glenn Greenberg stated one... The reasons why Ben Reilly as Spider-Man failed to catch on was that while Marvel was successful at making him reclaim his identity as Spider-Man, there wasn't any logical way for him to reclaim his identity as Peter Parker. Thus, new and lapsed readers were confused about who Ben Reilly was, why he was Spider-Man, and what happened to Peter Parker. Considering how the superior Spider-Man will have the main character look like Peter, have the same memories as Peter, and be threatened by the or be threatened, be treated by the supporting cast as if he were Peter, but who, in fact, is not Peter. Do any of you believe Doc Ock as Spider-Man could potentially encounter the same difficulties that Ben Riley as Spider-Man did in att- attracting potential new and lapsed readers? Why or why not?
3: I have a rhetorical question for still a Did he ever read a 1990s Ben Riley Spider-Man comic? For God's (laughs) sake, there's always a two-page splash saying, "My name is Ben Riley, but I was once Peter Parker, and I was once cloned five years ago. Five years of my life is completely." (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, there's like a two. There's at least a one or two-page splash explaining. Kind of in the vaguest of terms, why Ben Reilly is Spider-Man. So for Glenn Greenberg to say that, I just disagree with that notion. They did everything they could to to explain why he is Spider-Man and why he is doing his own thing. And they did try to bring back the Daily Bugle cast several times during that run, too. I think that the
4: problem is not so much that they're trying to aim this at new readers as they are trying to interest old readers who don't want to read comics anymore.
2: Yeah. Also, I think um, Peter Puss is just an inherently easier concept to explain than Ben Riley. Because Ben Riley, <laughs> you have to explain, well, he thought he was a clone, but then he wasn't really, and he's really the Peter Parker from the Silver Age, or and you know that's what that all didn't turn out to be true anyway. And um, but it's Peter in Doc Ock's body. He has Peter's memories, and no one else knows. That's,
0: that's an easy sentence to sum it up. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Or Doc Ock's uh, I- body, you know.
0: Iron Patriot from China to anyone. Who are your favorite obscure qu- uh, characters? Your choice, whether to limit to the Spider-Man universe or comics in general.
5: It's getting Another to be the- sandwich fresh, my love.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sean, if you will. All right. Uh, uh, was it was it Kangaroo? It's like one, it's like my favorite D-list uh, character because if you read the comics, he's. <laughs> He's such a douche, and you're really happy when he dies. But like, he was such a stupid villain that I kind of enjoyed him on an ironic level. And uh, for DC, it's getting to be the Batgirls as more time goes by.
0: Jr. Got a favorite obscure Spidey villain or sp- Spider Person
6: in the, the a, comics? A favorite obscure Spider Person. You know, I thought about this and I really couldn't come up with one to be honest.
0: Yeah, I like Miss Lion. <laughs> Do you really? like but-
5: I like <laughs> did did Miss Lyon just do a charro?
0: <laughs> no, I did not do I just did there, though. Oh, dear. I was getting an impression of the seven little superheroes when the island is exploding and Ms. Lyon's running for her life going, ark, 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 and a web comes down from the plane and snaps her up. Okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm the, damn it, let me laugh it. <laughs> of course,
3: Mr. Douglas. Yeah, my, my favorite uh, obscure character uh, is here's. Clone Saga related, uh, naturally, because uh, no, uh, but it's going to be Jessica Carradine. Um, I Oh, it, very good.
0: I, have I di- we've talked about this before. She had so much potential. Right, think,
3: uh, uh, Super Trainer. <laughs> with his with his X Men armor, uh, his
4: X Men, his Cyclops, lady <laughs> <laughs> <His laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris, you got one?
2: Oh well, it's gotta. I, I guess it has to be comics, but I'm gonna break that rule and say the Mousie and um
4: <laughs>
2: and uh, Ursula in the place. Ursula Ditkovich, uh two characters from other media who ought to be in the comics.
0: The Mousie from the Spider Man. Jabba! Star- Hey, I can't do your impression, Chris. Let me hear you doing some Mousy from the animated I series. I already
2: did it once. I'm not going to do it again. Brad. Hey,
0: man, is that enough? I mean, come on, Spiderman.
2: Yeah, that's all
5: you get. <laughs> Someone so next month is going to be like, okay, message board people, uh, do an impression okay. of Ursula uh, of uh, Mr. Dickovich arguing with the Mousy about rent <laughs>
3: that's, that's
0: while they're reading Oscorn
5: and Betty no, Brannock and what Stacy are crying.
4: To, <laughs> to Donovan, do you collect action figures? If so, what are your favorites? Um, my favorite action figure that I've ever owned is the Mary Jane one with her thongs. No, I don't collect action figures. Oh, no! the Mary Jane blow up doll is dancer. Uh, well, no, I was that
3: the more I do collect action figures. Well, he hasn't answered it yet. Hold no, on. No, 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 I,
4: I, 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 very uh, rudely and speciously said, I do not. Oh, you do not.
3: Is that exact I I do. I, I I like the. I really do like any, most of the Marvel Legends figures, uh, but yeah. and I really like the ha- Hasbro's new figures, but they just aren't you know characters that I give a crap about. So I don't. So well, no, no, no. The, the new the new Marvel like the, like the. Oh, I see. Figures,
0: I the
5: regular I, I the universe. Okay. No, Zach I also leaves I, his action figures behind in hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah. <he does. laughs> I, yeah
0: um kevin's not here but jr i think you could take this one what comic book villains do you think have been the most consistently well-written question
6: i don't think i don't don't know if any of them have been consistently well-written to be honest
0: norman's been well-written over the years Uh,
6: well i keep thinking of that horrid mackie burns story for example uh uh where he, you know he had the big super ears and uh, he had the the thing to uh, the plot to the he stole the jackal's dna plot and he was going to melt everybody down and <laughs> you know and and then you know and then you know like at the very end of Bendis' you know turn on avengers or whatever you know turning him big and purple and wearing his tidy whities oh, I if- yeah, yeah, I, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, you know, I don't have an answer because I didn't even, I didn't think one up because it was addressed to Kevin, but I, I don't know that most. Of it. I, I want to say Doctor Doom, but I don't see how you. I don't see how a character can be written over fifty years and act and be consistently good because you're always just going to get some clinkers, uh, and or yeah. you're going to get a character like Venom that just has a good concept but just gets so brutally overused. So I, I don't yeah. know. I can't think of a one to be honest.
0: I can't honestly either, because like I said in my review on the front page, Doc Ock hasn't been written good in
6: 10 years, I think. No, he's he's really been mishandled by you know, certain authors.
0: SpiderFan78, your first time post on the board and a question to the group, so welcome. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for a couple months now. It's very enjoyable to listen to. Thank you for that. My question is concerning the variant covers of Amazing Spider-Man 700. I was wondering if any of you were able to get all the covers, some of them, or maybe you weren't interested in trying. I have, was able to get all eight from my local comic shop for, whoa, 300 bucks.
6: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: the price of the one in 200 Ditko is going for over $1,000. We, we talked about that. Do you think it will hold that kind of value? And thank you for all your hard work, and I look forward to listening to the future podcast. So welcome to the to the podcast and the website, and I uh, hope you come back. I only have the regular one. I'd like more variants, but uh, I just haven't tracked them down. I'd love the Ditko one. Any, did anybody else get on the panel get a variant?
4: I had the option no. to get one, but
3: I didn't. I, uh, I got it digitally, and so they didn't include all the covers like bastards. Yeah. Which makes me sad. So th-
0: nobody on the panel got a variant.
5: No, if I would have known that the Ditko cover was like going for that, I would have... Uh, I couldn't find it at any of the shops I went to, but I, I would have tried harder.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. What, what, which one did you have the option of buying, Don? The um, the Marcos Martín one, but uh, I don't know, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. Like I saw it and it was in like sort of wrap, and it looked thinner than the, regu- the regular version, so I thought that like it just included the main story, not any of the backups, which I needed. So I didn't get that one. I got the main uh, collage one. Were they charging for it? I think I think the same price like 7.99 because it's a a milestone issue when your favorite character dies.
2: <laughs>
4: uh wheat cakes from Canada.
0: Hello, gang, and Happy New Year. I had a question regarding the Spider History segment. This one's for you, J.R., but I'm not sure if it should be mostly directed to BD or Jr. I think we'll both take it. It's quickly become my favorite part of the podcast. You hear that, Jr.?
6: I heard it, but I simply cannot believe my ears.
0: Uh. <laughs> and I especially enjoy the months where they are from times... I was an avid collector primarily in the 80s, so he ought to enjoy this month. My question is in regards to how a particular month is chosen. Does JR or Brad pick one at random or some of the selection chosen because of a personal connection to that particular month? Sorry if this was answered on a previous podcast. It hasn't been, and I may have not caught it. Keep up the good work, gang. Uh, JR, you, you can hit a little bit. I, I, basically what I do is I, I in, in the admin thread, which not everybody can see on the pod on the message board I, I do like a rundown, like a television script rundown of what topics we're going to talk about, and people can do their input what we think we should talk about, etc. For JR's history segment, basically, I I pick the I look for the month. I use a couple sources. I use uh, SamRuby dot com, and I also use SpiderFan dot org or SpiderFan dot com. I'm not sure. Org. Um, or, okay, and I basically look for something that he can talk about for more than one issue. That's probably why we haven't really hit up the '60s that much before Marvel team up. Because uh, I like Jr. to hit a couple of them up, and and that that started about 1972. So I give Jr. a few options for this. For instance, this month I uh, suggested perhaps 1984. That was the Timothy Harrison story, but Bertoni was going to hit that one up. Uh, I also suggested 1983. I ran, I, I really just randomly look what would make a good discussion topic, and that uh, Marvel team up this month looked funny <laughs> because the the generally the funnier segments are the ones of the issues that suck, and if it's a really outstanding Marvel team up suck issue, as it is, was this if month, uh, and every month. Exactly. What do you and JR? What makes you pick them? Because I give you like three options or three or four.
6: Well, I usually just go to the message board and see which one Tony says I should take, and then that's the one I take. <laughs> uh,
5: I'm the I'm uh, consultant.
6: <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, actually, Brad, you pretty well hit. Sometimes uh, if it, if it personally appeals to me, like you know, one one time, Brad picked him. Uh, one of his options happened to be the month that I, I actually bought my first uh, Spider-Man comic, and so I picked that. Uh, if it's if it's a storyline we've talked about before, I try to avoid those. If a story looks just really batshit goofy, uh, I'll pick that. Um, yeah. You know, or and, and sometimes I'll avoid, like I've avoided talking about like the the Gwen St- Death of Gwen Stacy issues, just because I'm just not sure at this point in time what new anything new I can bring to it. Uh, it it just depends. It it is it's all of those things you mentioned uh, as alternatives and more.
0: Yeah. Do you, what do you think? We we haven't discussed this privately, but do you want to do the pre nineteen seventy two stuff with when it's just one issue, like Amazing?
6: You, well, no, not. I mean, I I you know basically, it, like I always say, it's your show. Whatever you want to do, and I'll gladly do it. But the but the problem is, it's more fun. I don't know. I I think that we kind of hit our stride when we have fun making fun of an issue, you know. Uh, And, I mean, the thing is, the the titles didn't really start to tear, you know, giving us all these really stupid issues until there (laughs) were a plethora of titles. And the talent at Marvel was stretched thin. I mean, that doesn't mean that Stan and Steve, you know, Stan didn't do his share of clinkers, but... The, the the thing is though Stan seems to I don't know I'm going to say something and then Bertonio will completely disprove me
2: <laughs> but I
6: I don't think that Stan had a 10 ear like some of these writers do for things that are just offensive you know I mean how many <laughs> I I mean mm. I mean you know we, we we had a lot of fun at the uh, the, uh, the the subtle racism and Marvel team up uh, yeah. You know, and and, it, and like I said, it it
0: shocked in 2013 to hear this stuff. Yeah,
6: I mean, it's it it wasn't intentional, obviously, uh, um, but it, it it just it's it's just amazing, you know, uh, how insensitive or just stupid some of these stories are. And I I don't think Stan fell into that many pitfalls, to be honest. Not that he didn't do his share of dumb stories and dumb villains, but. Uh, it just seems that the modern age is just just it's just so much more fertile, uh, you know. And, and besides, we all talk about the cl- the classics have been talked about for years.
0: You know, yeah. So nobody talks about Marvel team up 125. I tell you, you're probably the first on the internet, on <laughs> at least on a podcast. Well, to well talk that's about that. part
6: of the rich mythology of Spider-Man, really. When you exactly. think about it, I mean, everybody knows the death of Gwen Stacy. Everybody knows about the death of Captain Stacy. Uh, but you know, not everybody knows about you know Spider-Man making moves on Tigra, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and, and that's just part of the rich mythology, both good and bad, of Spider-Man. And uh, like you said, a lot of people aren't. Familiar Familiar, particularly the further as further we go along. A lot of people aren't familiar with these issues, uh, and you know, it's it's it, it maybe it will make it fun, fun for somebody to go into the back issue bin and look for them.
0: Yep, because I guarantee you that that Tigre issue is still going for cover
6: price, right? And <laughs> so is yeah, yeah, Stalker yeah. from the Stars.
3: <laughs> now, well, and I was uh, uh, just to dovetail, Brad. I mean, you, you yeah. talk about the classic issues of Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man classics covered covered those very early issues pretty well. I mean, uh, we've we've talked about that show, I mean, several times in this episode. But, I mean, so JR kind of fills the void from that point to where classics ends and and to to the modern age. And so it's it's kind of fun to hear talking about the the crazy stuff.
0: One thing we haven't done is we haven't hit the years where this podcast has been ongoing. We haven't hit 2006 on, but we've we've generally hit the reviews up when they came out around time,
4: too. I guess we have 1972 to 2006. To remember play. when Spider-Man turned into a giant spider then gave birth to himself?
3: <laughs> yeah. Remember that <laughs> remember that time he magically got organic web shooters because, you know, Paul Jenkins didn't know what the heck he was doing.
6: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean But t- we I, I'm glad you like the segment. It's one of my favorites too. All right, Mr. Wombat 909 from Texas. Donovan, gonna miss your reviews. Thanks. on amazing Spider-Man on the front page. Your in-depth analysis and thoughts were always entertaining. To everyone minus Kevin, that won't be a problem. And Brad, that will be a problem. Brad buys <laughs> everything. Which of the Spider satellites do you pick up?
3: Here we go around the horn. Uh,
0: Zach, what do you pick up?
3: Uh, Scarlet Spider and now Avenging Spider-Man and Morbius. I'll pick up. Yeah, I'm picking up Morbius too. Uh, okay. That's right. Jr., what do you pick up?
6: well uh, i prefer uh, i prefer uh, the, the dark brunettes and redheads as i'm driving the street but uh, <laughs> what are we talking but. about some <laughs> already
0: a moment of senioritis i guess <laughs> he picks up amazing as what i understand that's
5: about it
6: uh yeah you're right
5: that, that's all that's all Or tony what do you pick up I used to pick up everything. Like I would even get like I I actually got Dark Rain Mr. Negative and like Anti Venom New Ways to Live. But uh let's see. In the recent months I've been getting Venom, amazing. Uh I dropped Ultimate for a little while, but I picked it back up again and I'll talk about that in my recommendations because 'cause I've read an issue finally that was interesting. Uh Scarlet Spider. Um, And I did pick up Morbius, otherwise I just kind of take it as it comes, you know, if if there's a mini-out. Like, I was disappointed with the Osborne one after I got the first issue, so I didn't get the rest of it. Hated that. Hated
0: that. Okay, uh, Chris, wait, almost missed Chris. What do you pick up? Um,
2: Venom? Yeah, Venom, uh, starting with 15.1, Avenging, and Scarlet Spider. Okay. Okay. And I,
0: anybody order Alpha besides me?
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get Alpha when it comes
5: out. Out of curiosity, <laughs> yeah. You know I might I might pick it up just
3: so that way, if I'm on the podcast, I'll, I can talk about.
5: It. Any anybody order that
0: Marvel Adventures Spider Man or whatever it's called now, Ultimate Spider Man? I guess. I, I used to get that
3: when it was still coming out, but when they went to the like the new crappy cartoon thing, I was like, oh. I'm done.
4: It yeah, actually yeah. was pretty fun for what it was, especially the Digest kind of collections. Right,
0: wasn't oh, that bad. For Mark- Jr. Spider-Man consistently coming out on a thrice monthly, fortnightly basis for five years now. Do you think the title could go back to four weekly, lo- four weekly like it once was?
6: What the hell does fortnightly
0: mean? I think <laughs> that's
2: think- fortnightly mean.
0: <laughs> I think that's when you go to bed after eating Taco Bell. It means every.
2: <laughs> it means every two weeks. What I don't understand is what four weekly means. Does that mean?
6: That means monthly. That means once a week. I think what he's saying is, will we ever go? Should we ever go back instead of just having like amazing Spider-Man come out multiple times? Would we have like the you know when we had like amazing Web, spectacular, and no adjective? I think that's what he's asking. Uh, I hope they don't go back to that four separate title thing because I I prefer a consistent narrative. I mean, and even though Brand New Day, what they tried to do with three months didn't really work. But I'm glad they tried it, and I wish they would try. I hope they try it again sometime when they get there. I, I just like a consistent narrative. I don't like one month where, you know, like like I've always said, Spider-Man's, uh, you know, you know, in one issue he's on the moon, in another issue he's in the Savage Land, and in another story he's laid up in a hospital bed. You know. <laughs>
0: It's you kind of get that, but you don't buy the issues. Jr. He's in Fantastic Four and he's in Avengers, so it's kind of like there's other Spider titles out there. Well, but he's I, not as I stopped,
6: focused. I stopped buying those. I was so disappointed in his, his the, the FF Hickman's FF uh, that I stopped.
0: Has that ever been addressed? Why is he off the team now? What's going on? I
6: have no idea.
0: I, I don't know either. Well, and I,
3: I've been buying the damn books. Um, I, I don't. I think po- post uh, Marvel now. I don't think he's on the team at all. Okay, I think he's yeah. not. He's not on either team. He's, it's it's the classic Fantastic Four is with the one with Bagley, and then the one with the kind of Kirby-esque artwork with like uh, Ant Man, She Hulk, all. Chief. Yeah, he's not on that team either. I, I just I just don't know when he got kicked off.
0: I was, anyway. I was
5: disappointed with the new FF that there's a character called Miss Thing, and it's not Sharon Ventura. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Rogers. Oh, did I did I miss a question? Nope, that was it. Steve Rogers from New York City. To all, what do you think of the story exploded with so much controversy? Why do, uh, Why do you think this story exploded with so much controversy? More so than the recent deaths of Batman, Ultimate Peter Parker,
4: uh, and Captain America? Because it was a shitty death that was unworthy <laughs> of the character. Says I don't Donovan. know if
5: I would say that this is more controversy.
3: It happened as 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 Brad put it on a slow news cycled period of time but during, the holidays. during the holidays where nobody's really paying attention.
0: It was Fiscal Cliff, Santa, and Spider-Man. That's yeah. what was making.
5: Well, I, I, the- I
6: was worried about the Fiscal Cliff. You guys weren't worried about the Fiscal Cliff.
5: I was worried about the Fiscal Cliff. But <laughs> to I watch think Batman's death had more controversy. Ultimate Peter Batman, Park. Say what? When did Batman die? 2000, Final in Crisis. 2009. Okay. Um, I wasn't reading. And Ultimate Peter Parker—that's not the real Peter Parker. And Captain America isn't as like popular as Batman and Spider-Man are. So it's really the two of them.
2: And I remember. Made, oh, sorry, but I was going to say I remember Captain America getting quite a bit of coverage.
4: Yeah, I yeah. Do too I found that out yeah. on the, uh, at, at school on the news before I even uh, imagined he died in the comics. Yeah. Like, so that was that was actually. Was I think
0: Superman had the biggest death though.
4: That's because nothing happened. That's the, that, that the first time they ever did that, though. Majorly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fantasy Freak, location, ni- Avengers fi- 1959, Right. Levenborg. Okay, Mousy. <laughs> I have a couple <laughs> short questions to the entire gang. What are you looking most forward to and least with
3: Superior Spider-Man? New storylines for uh, that we haven't gone I'm looking forward the story. to, in Avenging Spider-Man, I hope to God this actually happens, Dr. Octopus Spider-Man and Kane. Because of all the people in the world that Dr. Octopus has a huge, giant score to settle, I don't know, killing him, that's the guy he wants to take out. I'm sorry.
4: Yeah. That'll happen in Scarlet spider It That won't happen. They'll forget about it. Well, Dr.
5: Octopus doesn't even remember it because his that's, memory okay. was pro- that he... He doesn't have those months of his life because when they re-downloaded his memories into his corpse, it was from the Master Programmer,
2: oh, which right.
5: cuts off the last year. I mean, I'm sure somebody told him, like Stunner or someone. <laughs> yeah. His, so oh, that
3: was I, Stunner? <laughs> yeah. She, 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 you you know, she's still in that, like, cybernetically, like, like prison thing. That's she's, like, in like in in a coma still. And Otto is, like, his beloved is still there. And he's totally forgotten.
0: She's like Mr. Scott. Stuck in the transporter in that next generation. Episode. Right. Is uh, anyone gonna give the second season of Ultimate Spider-Man a shot? And if so, why? And why not? Speaking of which, when is the second season premiere? It's in ge- early January,
4: I think, sometime. I might, but if it's anything like where the first season was, then I don't. It's not. It's not. It's not much kind on of show.
0: This This will tell you what I think of the show. I've um, I I have Netflix, and I also uh, have a DVR with Dish. And nine episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man have sat there for a long time. I had recently deleted them all.
3: I oh. mean, the last two episodes were okay, which was like a big one-hour epic, you know, final, the, the season finale. And it was the one that had the least amount of stupid jokes. So I hope that if they go more with that, then, then it'll be better. But it, it, it was a very poor product to begin with. Yeah, It's not aimed at us. Bottom
0: line. Oh, no. uh-huh. every,
5: every episode that I've seen on, like, because I, I tried catching up on Netflix, and I can't take more of them in one sitting. But at the end of an episode, there was, like, one episode where White Tiger says to Spider Man at the end, I realized the way that you worked and I worked, and then we worked together. We learned how to work together. I'm like, that's how every episode ends. The, like, team doesn't work together well, and at the end they learn the work together.
0: And her name's Ava.
4: Oh <laughs> Yeah.
3: White Tiger. Yeah.
0: And we'll wrap the show up right about there. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Avenging Spider-Man number 18. In this one, Spidey and Thor go up against Electro. The cover price is $3.99. MailOrder has it for just $2.47. Which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider Man CrawlSpace.com.